Hello, welcome to this edition of the Gage Podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And we're back for 2023. Yeah, our first episode of the new year. And in a weird kind of thing, the whole of January is actually episodes that were planned for last year that never happened. Yep, so um, the one that we're recording today is the cat's profile of Scotty. Um which Montgomery is, Scott. Yes, played by James Doohan. We're not, yeah, we're going with Prime, but yeah. we will mention... Um, um, yeah, was Yeah, uh, Simon Pegg's one, and... No, I don't think the Strangely Worlds one gets shot out in here. I don't think he does. Um, so we're, we're doing that today, because that was actually meant to be January last year, but it got superseded by Jamie's NXO1 profile, because that took... More precedence than this. Well, f- well. First of all, thank you again, Sai, for that. And I think we decided we didn't want to do a character and ship profile in one year, didn't we? Something like that. Yeah. I just went. This isn't going to happen often. <laughs> so, all right, let's do ship one first, <clears throat> and then the next one is. I don't know whether we are going to call it twentieth anniversary because it kind of isn't, but it is. Well, it was last year, but it's only a few days out, so yeah. Um, I think we can get away with it. It's a Star Trek adventure that was in Hyde Park. That was also meant to take place last year, but again, that got superseded by Clive's episode. So we're doing it now when we wanted something easier and something that you can listen to in probably half an hour. Yeah. So obviously, you know. Something I actually went to. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's going to, I said to Simon before we started, that one will kind of take a similar format of when Simon went to Frankfurt and me and Phil didn't. So I'll just be, I'll just be asking basically Simon questions about the exhibition. Uh, but obviously, last housekeeping. And then I also want to thank Lou from Fansets because if you know anything about the recent few weeks with the UK, you know that it's been Strike Central. Yeah. Including the Royal Bloody Mail. And at the beginning of, was it November? I think I ordered some pins from him. Yeah. And they got caught up in the disruption. Um,. So I don't want to go into too many details, but I want to thank him for all his hard work and his generosity and whatnot. And there is a thank you parcel coming his way that I'm working on. But I don't it would take too long to go into details. Yeah. Jamie knows it and yeah. let's just say there was a parcel sat in Heathrow sorted Heathrow Airport sorting office, whatever warehouse for what was it? I think I've worked out 23 days. Yeah. So just over three weeks. Just doing nothing. And you're just going, is it still there? Or is it lost? <laughs> What's going on with it? So, and, so yeah, thank you to Lou. You're always amazing. Um, as I say, there's a, there's a parcel on its way to you. Hopefully by the time this comes out. But yes, it's... So I want to thank you for him because I'm glad I've got them now, but my God, man! Oh, yeah, it it drew um, him up the wall because I think I, I messaged him. And it's like he's bloody strikes, he's bloody. Because in the UK we've had it all. We've had poster strikes, we've had train strikes, and all other sorts of nurses stuff. as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, as Simon actually said a second ago, it's strike central here. So, uh, but yeah, we hope you guys all all well. This is we hope you all had a lovely Christmas and New Year. So it was again nice having a nice having a. A little break, wasn't it? Yeah, never um, long enough, as I said no. before we got going. It's never long enough. We get into it and it's like, yeah, Christmas. And it's like, oh, crap, it's already the first week of 
generally like let's get back to it Jamie and it's like yay what you don't enjoy it so recording (laughs) for our listeners Oh, it's <laughs> talking today. It's just an awful lot of work to it's, it's, it, do it, what we do. It's, it's, it's getting back into that swing of things as we always do, and uh, yeah, you know, I said because we're not recording at least a few weeks now. Yeah, and it's how does this work again? Yeah, so we always have that. It, it, as, even as long as we've been doing this, we still have that every single year. So it's, it's nothing. Year nine. Year nine. It is year nine. Yes. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? Crikey. Yes. Our ninth year. I can't believe we've been doing this for, well, gone live for almost, a, it'll be a decade next year, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel so old. <laughs> um, but yeah, we wanted to kickstart, obviously, as we always try and do when we come back after haters, with a couple of nice, easy episodes. And we thought it'd be perfect, obviously, because these, these episodes some wanted to do last year, but obviously didn't get to happen. Um, so we thought... I always love Scotty, which I wanted to do him. Yeah. <clears throat> And I think just James Doohan is just like the perfect personification of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just so iconic. Mm. And there were some tidbits in these notes where you just go, I did not know that. Mm. I, I love the thing about the argument about where the hell he came from in Scotland. Where yeah. everyone goes, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking through the notes and then like, um, he spent part of his life in Aberdeen and he refers to himself as an old Aberdeen pub crawler. So I thought... Oh, he must be from Aberdeen then. But it's like you look through the notes and it's actually, oh, no, 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 no. So I thought that was really quite interesting. And I think like, some of the novels, which I know is a minefield of, oh, is that continuity or not? But even they were coming coming up with their own things as well. And oh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's nice doing another character profile because the last one we did, well, was Garrick. And that was a couple of years ago now, wasn't it? So it's actually quite you nice. You want to do another one? You want to do an obvious one next time? Yes. Who's that then? Oh, yes, I know. Seven of nine, yes. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but that won't we be... still needs to finish off NX. Yeah, but that, that I won't be doing a character profile for a couple more years yet, so that'll be... That's for the future. But, yeah, it's nice to say doing another character profile, um, and I think you've chosen a really good one, because obviously... Not too much research. Huh? Not too much research. No, it's about... Five or pages or so. Well... Well, as you pointed out to me, it's like <laughs> you've excluded quotes, which is another like page and a bit. Yeah, true. But yeah, um, but yeah, not as many notes. And I think I think it's I said for you because you said you you said you've you have that um, that autobiography by James Doohan, didn't you? Yeah. Um, which I think you read most of, didn't you? Didn't you? About half of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But would you recommend it? I enjoyed it. Like yeah. you quite enjoyed. Um, Michelle Nichols, didn't you? Mm, yeah, her autobiography, yeah. Yeah, I so, enjoyed it. And I, I say it made up part of our uh, trivia quiz, whatever it was. Yeah. Where it's like identified episode, Jamie, from James Doohan's descriptions, which mm. was quite fun. It's like, I found that being, well, yeah, I'm going to use some of these. Because some of these are brilliant. So. Yeah, I, I've always found him a fascinating man because of his World War II um, history and doing D-Day and... Mm. And then also, I always loved the fact about his finger. Mm. And I think I pointed out, Jane, before he printed out his research, the whole fact that they found the most, they pointed out the most weird point for it. Instead of going for trouble, triples over for another one, and then talks about triples, and you're going, in my mind, it should have been the other way around. And he went, yeah, I would have done that as well. 
because yeah, there was an, I think there was another time where you can actually there see. is and I mentioned it but I would have gone for tribbles it's much more pronounced when it's yeah. up against the fuzziness of the tribbles yeah so yeah it's all nice oddities um, should we start yes of course yeah Captain Montgomery Scott often referred to a Scotty by his shipmates was a male human Starfleet officer who lived during the 23rd and 24th centuries for a period of nearly 30 years he served as chief engineer of both US Enterprise and Enterprise A, both under the command of Captain James T. Kirk. With his reputation as a miracle worker, he was a man of superior technical and engineering skill, experience and ingenuity. Yeah, I'm surprised is... I actually said that. And normally I get ingenuity wrong, don't I? It's very good. That's the thing. Obviously, his miracle worker, is in, is, which I love, is in speech marks. Because, again, it's that whole... But that's the thing. That's what makes him really clever. The fact he always overestimated his repair time to Kirk, which I just absolutely love. Now, that's why I printed out the quotes, Jamie. Yeah. As they are in there. And it's all the ones that you want to talk about. They do actually have that three from... Starship captains are like children. They want everything right now and they want it their way. The secret is to give them what they need, not what they want. Um, no, that's not... Is that what Scotty said to um, the Forge in Relics? Yeah. Yeah. A good engineer is always a bit conservative, at least on paper. Well, yeah, I mean, as you kind of, as we kind of said before, when we've mentioned about Scotty's engineering, it's like literally like just cross everything, a little bit of duct tape, and it all well, works. Well, yeah, somehow. that's what um, <laughs> my O'Brien said in Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd leave that just where it is. Yeah, I take this trans. Was it? Don't take this transponder and and leave it exactly where it is. <laughs> And I think he said to Bashir he couldn't make heads nor tails of it, could he? <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really good kind of opening statement description about him. Um, should we go on to talk about a bit about his early life and career? Yeah. Um, so I think we talk about that first bit, and then we'll go into the bit about where he's actually from. The speculation. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Montgomery Scott was born in Scotland and Earth in 22, oh, 22, 22, didn't know that. He spent part of his life in Aberdeen, once referring to himself as an old Aberdeen pub crawler. Um, after having time traveled to 1986, Scott was introducing a cover story as being from Edinburgh. Um, upon being asked how he adjusted to space travel, Scott once admitted, I was practically born to it. He joined Starfleet and began his engineering career in 2241. During his 51-year career in Starfleet, he served on a total of 11 ships, including various freighters, cruisers and starships. Um, upon joining Starfleet, his serial number was SE19754T. I wonder if that's just random. Do you reckon, that's, do you reckon the serial numbers are just random, do you think, for each officer? Um, very possibly, or it might be trivial, like related to the actor, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't, um, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, according to StarTrek.com, Montgomery Scott was given his first Starship posting <laughs> as an ensign in 2242. Um, over his career, Scott had experience working with P PXK yeah, right. Pergium uh, uh, reactors, whatever the hell that is. I'm assuming it's some sort of engineering thing, obviously. Uh, the last time he'd ever seen one was in 2247. That was until he... Attempts to repair the reactor at the Janus 6 colony 20 years later. It's devil in the dark, the thing that broke. Yeah. Um, 
For a, for a time in his career, he also serves as an engineering advisor for the Freighton Line base establishing the Geneva system um, that operated between the Geneva colony and the outlying asteroid belts. He also wrote several technical manuals, including one titled Operation Pro Protocol Flow Sensors. A copy of this manual was stored in the Engineering Systems Database aboard the USS Enterprise D in 2366. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Booby trap. He was also responsible for writing Starfleet Regulation 4215 entitled Pressure Variances in IRC Tank Storage, which is part of the basic operational specifications for impulse engines. These specifications were admittedly written a wee bit conservatively. Um, now, Scotty and his origins, because this is where it gets interesting. Yeah, I mean, when I, as I said earlier, when I first... When I first was reading through his notes, and it mentions he was born on Earth, I and it mentions about Aberdeen. I thought, oh, he, he was he was born in Aberdeen, but yeah, no, that's apparently that's not the case. There was much debate, especially in Scotland, as to which Scottish city Montgomery Scott was born in. The character once described himself as Aberdeen pub crawler in Wolf and Fold. Confusing matter was a nineteen seventy interview with James Doohan, in which he stated his belief that Scott came from Elgin. A town 40 miles west of Aberdeen, Lithgow, 20 miles away west of Edinburgh, had also been vocal in its claim, citing DC Fontana's uh, novel Vulcan's Glory, which I kind of probably shouldn't have read. If either of these claims were correct, it would imply um, Scott had a relatively genteel upbringing, as the regional accent of Aberdeenshire was far more um, coarse and Gaelicized than Scott's. On the death of James Dunn, a local West Lothian council notes plans to open a moral exhibition with James Dunn in, in Lithgow to commemorate his country's Star Trek universe and make the town's claim to be future birthplaces of Montgomery Scott concrete. The exhibition held at Annette House, Scott's official future childhood home, opened in summer of two, um, 2007. There are other odd bits, but I, they were like, yeah, you got for like a comic uh, magazine saying he was born in Glasgow, um, or his actual accent implied he was raised in or near Edinburgh. So yeah, I mean, so he, did he himself ever actually say? Yeah, nineteen seventies interview. Uh, he he thought he came from Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My thing with that is, in some ways, he he kind of agrees with the Aberdeen pub crawler because. Mm. Even with that, you are still in the close enough to Aberdeen yeah. that you would still say that. Because that's what I was thinking, even when I read the notes later and he was saying, oh, you live quite close. That's what I thought. That's why I thought it was Aberdeen. Because it said. <clears throat> um, Simon Pegg, who portrayed Scott's alternate self in um, the Kelvin timeline and, and its sequels, was a Sussex fan long before being cast in the role. Uh, concealed his own backstory for the character settled about the character's accent where maybe he then went actually let's make it more Aberdeenshire or more Edinburgh based I don't know it doesn't really go into any detail and all I thought it was interesting was some of the novels about kind of his family as well 19th issue of the IW IDW comic series, Sasha Ongoing Rules, alternate reality Scott, full name to be Montgomery Christopher Jurgerson Scott. Since Scott was born before the timeline split, he would therefore have the same full name in the Prime Universe. 
Uh, with the introduction of Scott's origin story in the alternate reality, several novels set in the prime reality detail Scott's origins there. According to Star Trek II biography, Scott was born on the 30th of August 2121 in Aberdeen, Scotland. Parents Robert Burns Scott and Mary Dunley. He has a brother named James McNeil Scott and a sister named Mary Dunley Scott. Um, um, do you want me to carry on? Yeah, um, I didn't take much notice of the Who in Star Trek bit. Um, let's see what we've got. Do you want anything else from the um the novels? The Star Trek 2009 novel has Spock revealing that Prime Scott was also stationed in Delta Vega, which Robert Orsin and Alex Kurtzman stated in the film's audio commentary were meant to be for the same reasons. Okay. So after after the bit I said talking about his speculation about where Scotty was actually born, it has some um, mentioned back some inconsistencies. Oh, you know my point of those, Jamie. Yeah. You can go into them, but I'm well, no, it's it's, it's a bit you talked to me about earlier about um you mentioned about that. That's what I was going to mention. So. Oh, yeah, that bit fine. Yeah, go about yeah. that. But... <laughs> um, <clears throat> so uh, I didn't know this, but apparently Scott was obliquely referred to in the final draft script of the Enterprise episode, my favourite one, Fallen Hero. A statement made by Charles Tucker III regarding the warp reactor aboard Enterprise was attributed to him in the scripted stage directions. The dialogue was, I've given you all she's got, Captain. There's no more power. <laughs> As a terrible attempt at a Scottish accent. Well, it wouldn't be because it would be in a sudden yeah. American accent because it would be Tucker. Well, I know, but I won't do it in Scottish one. Um, in the unfilled Star Trek, the verse of retroscript, Scott was depicted as working with George Kirk on an experimental dilithium fueled. Yeah, I ignored that because, again, that's a load of rubbish. But yeah, but yeah so I thought that, <laughs> that bit that Simon pointed out about, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, but, but we're skipping over the crap about uh, Scotty's memory and. Ref- reference of generations it's like who cares <laughs> I just put that down to 0.003 degradation just move on like who cares like it's got to be mentioned though sorry. I'm joking I'm joking no, what I know do you, you mean. think just who cares because yeah. it is kind of a bit of a theme where I'm going like who actually cares like yeah. no as I said you know and it's the same thing with the uniform in Voyage Home. It's like, eh. Yeah. There's a bloody uniform, right? <laughs> oh, technically. Cause there is a bit where they do go into a long lot of detail and you just go, okay, um, that's good. That's different. Oh, there we go. This, I think it's where it is, yeah. Scott's uniform department colour patch was usually yellow, signifying operations vision. Although in some scenes he wore the white shirt of the command division. Though in later movies he relinquished his second officer status, which was fine with him as he always preferred being in the engine room. Besides Scott, only one other captain in the science divisions, Krasinski, has ever been portrayed as wearing a, a captain rank, rank insignia on the uniform, not, on the, not of the command division. Okay. <laughs> 
And anyway, um, should we read out a bit more um, about the background information? So how how his character was kind of described as? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting about his sister as well. Mm. Uh, again, when I, watching watching through TOS, I never really thought about Scotty's family really at all, or if even had any really. It just never really occurred to me. Well, he met his nephew. Hmm. Met his nephew. In oh. the notes. Oh yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Montgomery Scott was he was played by actor James Doohan in all the characters' TV and cinematic appearances set in the Prime Universe. Um, the character of, of Scotty mostly originated from James Doohan himself. Doohan was asked by director James Goldstone, to whom he had auditioned for another role only ten days prior, to come in and read a few lines from the script of TOS's Where No Man Has Gone Before. Um, the role he proposed was for an unnamed chief engineer. When Goldstone asked him to do some accents, Doohan did several ones, including Irish, Scottish, English, Russian, etc. Roddenberry asked him which one he would choose, and he said Scottish, due to Scotsman being renowned for having great engineering skills. The ca- thus, the character became Scottish, and it was apparently Doohan who named him Scotty. Gene, uh, this bit I found really quite interesting. Gene Roddenberry nearly dropped Scott from the series after the second pilot. Um, he's... Uh, he informed oh, yeah. he informed Dewan's agent, Paul Wilkins, that we don't think we need another engineer in the series. Wilkins became irate and met with Roddenberry that day and insisted on returning Dewan to the Enterprise, which turned out to be a favourable decision. Uh, yeah, it's just up top there. Mm-hmm. No, no. No, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really just quite interesting tidbit. Um, and then you've got like a, a few um, a few kind of uh, like brochures and bits that just describe uh, Scotty's character. Uh, do you want to just read out one or two? Yeah, read yeah. them. Uh, so this is uh, from NBC's early 1966 press brochure about Star Trek, and they described Scott, uh, Scotty as, Engineer uh, Officer Scott is a wizard at repairing everything, from the reading night on the captain's bunk to the ship's huge space warp engines. In an era of almost complete automation, his ability to fix things with a piece of baling wire or a rubber band has proven invaluable on more than one occasion. Um, <clears throat> uh, in the final draft script of TOS's Mud Women, Scott was described as um, 40s, very military type. Um, and you've got a series writer's guide, third revision dated 1967, uh, sorry, 17th April 1967, which describes him as. Uh, played by James Doohan, Scott holds the rank of Lieutenant Commander, sen- se- Senior Engineering Officer on the USS Enterprise. With an a- accent that drips of heather on the Highlands, he is most known as Scotty. He came up through the ranks and his practical education is as broad as is his formal training in engineering. He has a rare mechanical capacity. Uh, many claim he can put an engine together with baling wire and glue and make it run. He regards the Enterprise as his personal vessel and the engineering section as his private world, but even... James Kirk is merely a privileged trespasser, engineering and spaceships of his life. His idea of a pleasant afternoon is tinkering in any engineering section of the vessel. He is totally unable to understand why any sand man would spend time reading on anything but technical manuals. He is strong-minded, strong-willed, and not incapable of telling of telling off even a Starfleet captain who he, who in choosing to what Scotty regards as his own private province and area responsibilities. Did you uh, want to read that, that next little bit? Yeah. Although Duran had lost the middle finger of his right hand during Allied invasion of Normandy on D-Day, Scott had a right middle finger within the Star Trek storyline. Any time close up scene 
Scott's right hand working the transport control. Someone else's hands were used. And when Scott appeared in wide shots, he usually hid his right hand from the camera. Uh, a bit his loss was most evident in Relics, where this missing finger could be clearly seen in wide shots while talking to Captain Card on holiday. Really? Recreation of the original bridge. Yeah, I, 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 again, I've watched. I mean, I'm sure it's probably visible, but I don't. I've never really noticed it. No, which is why I've highlighted. There is also a scene in uh, Trouble Troublesome where his missing missing digit is briefly seen as he holds a giant handful of troubles. Yeah, which is much more noticeable. I would have flipped them around personally. Yeah. But... Oh, I agree with you. So I would have done. Yeah. Um. Family. Scott has at least one sister whose youngest son, Peter Preston, served aboard the Enterprise in 2285 as a midshipman during a Starfleet Academy of Train crews. Preston was killed when the Enterprise was attacked, severely damaged by the USS Reliant uh, in a surprise attack by Khan Union Singh. Scott was uh, re-stricken after tragedy. In both um, the novelizations of Rafa Khan and such, Spock, the relationship between Scott and his niece, Dan and Stuart, was strained at best. Denham was also a Suffolk officer, apparently a maverick. In Star Trek 2, he warned Peter not to follow the example of that sister of Mike Thine that has been thrown in the brig more times than I can count. Even though he admired her greatly, in Star Trek 3, Scott returned to Scotland to attend Peter's funeral and got into an argument with Denham. She used her uncle of riding Peter to share, uh, show his fairness, not realising that he's actually singling him out. He counters that he was their natural choice to train him, given her disciplinary history. Which I thought was really fascinating. Hmm. Um, and then they're going to kind of, how is he Scottish? Yeah. So, he mentions about, um, he has a love for good Scotch whiskey, often making references to drinking or frequently drinking establishments on more than one planet. As we said here in the Ab- Aberdeen pub call the reference. He is considered Scots a drink for a real man as opposed to, for instance, vodka, which referred to a soda pop and milk diet. He did not like sinful whole Scots. <clears throat> he took surely reluctantly, as I said, that comes to, he loves reading his technical manuals, um, and ran into trouble during short leave on at least three occasions. Um, he wore his Scottish clan kilt on three occasions. Is In the episodes, he's there in Truth No Beauty, The Savage Curtain and The Wrath of Khan. He also played Bagpipes must not have been playing Amazing Grace at the funeral for Captain Scott in 2285. And he was also fascinated to be handling an old-fashioned Scottish claymore. So, yeah. But, yeah, just, I love um, in Relics when he has a drink. And he goes, what the blazes is this, lad? You know. <laughs> At Scotch, so he goes, in my day, lad. Oh, he's right. So, oh, dear. We're looking through the memorable quotes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got all the classics in there that I, I love. Like, I Can't Change Laws of Physics from Naked Time, Doomsday, Tribbles, um, and then there's like three from Relics. But it's, yeah. It's a good one. I quite enjoy looking through his quotes. Normally you look through him and go, eh. Yeah. No, they did, have some, they did have some good ones for Sky. No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just... I think just overall, um, is there any, do you want to read a little bit more out? I thought his romantic relationships were also quite interesting as well. Mm. Maybe, should we just point out the holodeck thing? Because we don't know, but... Yeah, go on. During Dole's many attempts at the Kobayashi Maru scenario, 
He requested that the computer select a new chief engineer for a recently departed Jankong Pong. He was given a holographic Scott as replacement. Scott was the rank captain and appeared as he did during the early 2290s. That's from Prodigy, but we've never seen it, so... No, no. We, 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 we are planning to eventually watch it at some point, aren't we? We just haven't watched it. Not because we're reluctant, we just haven't got around to it. Um, yeah, so should we read about his friendships and uh, romantic relationships? Yeah. Not much there, but... Um, um, do you want me to read this? Yeah. Yep. Despite his superior talents as an engineer, he is often the source of comic relief among the Enterprise crew due to his use of the Scots language. Um, although a gentleman at heart, life as an engineer for Scott was often lonely as he often attempted to pursue hopeless relationships um, with female officers that were often perceived as being out of his league. Scott was first attracted to Caroline uh, Palamus and reacted bit- bitterly to the Greek god Apollo's infatuation with her. Oh yeah, who mourns for Donoy? Scott and Palamas's first meeting is detailed in in the novel Crisis of Consciousness. While under the influence of Harry Mudd's love potion crystals, Scott he briefly became interested in uh, Merez. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. After the effects wore off, he snapped to her during his hangover. Scott later became infatuated with a newly transferred Mira Remain in twenty two sixty nine. That's in the lights of Zitar. Years later, Commander Ahura began to show some romantic interest in Scott while she was under a cyborg influence. Scott politely declined her advanced mind, mindful of her condition. Yeah, which is very, you know, gentleman at heart. So, yeah, I mean... It was an instance I didn't quite get. I'm not sure whether you can enlighten me on it. Uh, okay, go on. It's when they're talking about, I think, season two... 2267. Later in 2267, Scott was thrown against the bulkhead of the Enterprise during an explosion caused by a female crew member. This resulted in a severe concussion and possible amnesia. Was that ever seen? Because it, I think it's in reference to... Oh, what's that one? Wolf in the Fold. Is that before we get to where the episode starts? Because from my memory, it starts at the bar. So is that all in their conversation? Think so because I, I remember I remember in in the episode I remember then Scotty citing he, his memory loss as as you know as an explanation you know wh- where he is where you know kind of trying to explain why he's always at the scene of the murder so I do remember vaguely the mention about amnesia um, but I don't think we actually see that happening I think it might be I think it's something they explain as exposition. Mm. So That's what I thought, but it's like, I don't remember that happening. Yeah, yeah. It probably it sounded like that probably would have been too expensive for them to probably film. So they probably just did a yeah, just 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 for the sake of the episode. Oh yeah, this happened. This happened recently. So yeah, but no, it's an interesting point to bring up. So all from the fault. That was the uh, Jack the Ripper one, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that's a good one. That is. Um, Jamie, you surprised me. Why? Why you enjoy that episode? No, really? Well, you knew I would. Those, like you know. Is that we done? Uh, Are you happy? Because unless think... you want to talk about what happened, because I know you have, you have big problems with things we watched in the film and shows and films. Huh? Mentioning oh. the, what he's done in the past. Oh, um, well, we could talk about it, but it's like it's just people know anyway, so it just seems to me to me to be a bit pointless. But if you want to go into that, I think we can do. But I, as I said, so this is your episode, so if you want to talk about that. A little, a little bit. We can do. I don't mind. A bit about Scott, isn't there? We could do that because it's a half page. Yeah, go names, for it. Yeah, 
Nicknamed Scotty was used by various shipmates of Scott during his service aboard the USS Enterprise and Enterprise A from 2290s. Um, even used in an official captain's log. Uh, unlike all the other bridge officers, Spock never used the nickname uh, Scotty on screen. Oh no, he always called him Mr. Scott, didn't he? Scott also occasionally used the nickname himself. Uh, used by junior officers, junior engineers in his absence. He was later called Mr. Scotty by um, them in the TAS episode. Um, Picard called him uh, Captain Scott, but he preferred to be called Scotty. Um, and he reminded about that in uh, La Forge, like, oh, we're in engineering, that's that's my name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, what are we up to? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, just a nice, easy start, really, I think, because I don't think there's much else we're going to talk about unless you want to hear about the episodes and series. But as I, I think one of my favourites is always Doomsday. Mm. As you say, it's that mild peril moment. Well, it's him just literally fixing the transporter just in the nick of time. Yeah. And blowing up the constellation. Yeah. I think I think really why why also you love that so much is because of the way they kind of edit it, which makes it really seem like any time there, Mr. Scott, is like getting closer and closer. It's like... <laughs> but yeah, just a nice easy way to get us into New Year because these ones are always a bit of a shock. We're back to it in the new year, and you go like, "Oh, how does this work again? I don't really want to get." Yeah, and I think, and I think actually, Scotty, I think you've chosen a perfect one because you know he's he's very interesting, um, you know, with his experience that he's got as an engineer, and also even command. I said he even took command a few times, didn't they? And he actually, they actually did a very good job, actually, as well. Um, and you know, but but you know, there's not like uh, lots and lots of research that we have to wait for. It's, I said, I think you've done. I think you picked a. I think you picked a good one. So, so, and you know, it's. I think you know, kind of with these character profiles, you can go in any direction. I mean, yeah, we could have chosen the more obvious ones, like you know, captains or whatever. But I don't know we, you know, we like to go for ones that we we find interesting and maybe you wouldn't ordinarily hear about. So I think Scotty was was a good choice. So. Yeah, so. he's always one that I wanted to do. Hmm. It's nice that we we saw him in the Kelvin timeline, mm. Simon Peg, and who was that man? Who was the guy? Did he get mentioned somewhere in here? Uh, Matt Matt Wolf in um, Strange New Worlds, yeah, as well. So it's nice that he kind of oh yeah, because you hear his voice over the intercom, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, isn't that like the final episode or something? What? Of Strange New World season well, one. Season one, yeah. Yeah. It's a tournament timeline, so yeah. we won't see him for many years down yeah. the line, but, but it's nice yeah. that he got a nice little kind of Easter egg. Which is always nice. Yeah, it's always good, so. But, uh, There's no doubt someone out there was going, oh, why haven't you mentioned that <laughs> detail? We were, we were going to. Um, where's your pin? I'm taking. <laughs> That's over and done with now. That was last year. Bless you. Uh, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed our our first episode back. Um, we know it's probably a bit of a bit of a short one than we normally would do, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's, said, it's nice just to no, that's where we plan it, Jeremy. He's yeah, he's our way back into it. So uh, yeah. yeah, back soon.
Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.